you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone. Hey everybody, my name is Danny Palumbo. With me is James Austin Johnson, and you have entered the Macaroni Zone, the podcast that feels like having a bowl of soup on a cold and rainy day in Los Angeles. It's, it's cold and rainy right it's now. It's cold. It's cold. So it better not be a gazpach. It better right. not be borscht. What's your go-to? What's your go-to soup? Go-to soup. Honestly, it's like not the first one that I think of, but it's the one that I have the ingredients for all the time because of hmm. how what do you say the word shelf stable they are i make right. miso soups a lot a pantry soup if you a will a pantry soup i keep a i keep like an organic uh miso paste in the yeah. top shelf of the fridge it never goes bad it lasts forever yep. and it, it's full of flavor and i think nutrients i hope i know sodium for sure <laughs> i love that's Japanese a valuable soup. nutrient sodium it is doctors will tell you to load up on sodium Doctors say it's good for you to have sodium. James, are you getting enough sodium these days? I I'm gonna schedule you. Uh, you need to go to Quest Diagnostics because I'm I'm gonna schedule you a pork yeah. infusion. Right. We've got a boar in the back. Right. It's been brining, and right. uh, we're gonna put you in a full brine bath. The feeling of too much salt is like I remember. It's God, like too much tobacco. It. I made last time I was back home. I made a big ass charcuterie board the inspiration for it was i bought a 20 dollar giant ass plastic yellow cutting board from this dude in like some sort of weird suburb of pittsburgh yeah he was selling a bunch of used kitchen equipment and i missed these big plastic cutting boards i used to see at restaurants and they're all cheap and they're all the colors of the rainbow how thick we talking not th- not very well it's I- i'll say it's gigantic I- and i don't it's like i'm currently gesturing like you're 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 making uh you're making arms like you're gonna hug a big beautiful woman (laughs) or a bear and uh uh i wanted to put a charcuterie display on this big yellow board yeah uh my whole family we were everyone was gonna watch the steelers game on sunday right and uh so i got like 200 dollars worth of meat and cheese duck salami duck salami 100 you got your prosciutto capicole capicole uh tons of cheese and meat and we were eating it for hours and i was like oh my body feels like it's curing from the inside <laughs> i felt very dry inside you know what i mean like all you're just uh, 
you like yeah. you need water. Yeah. You have to drink like if someone started catch if a butcher came in and started casually hanging you up by your ankles, you would be like, <laughs> Yeah, that's appropriate. Fair. I don't make a lot of soup at home. Well, you know, I you, you get a wife and I live alone. Uh-huh. And if I make a big batch of soup, yeah, I go, Who 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 the fuck is that for? Who makes the I, I don't understand a batched soup. I've never made anything other than a single serve soup. You really? got the cans of soup, which I would say is ninety nine percent of the soup a person eats is that yeah. canned shit. Progresso chunky, blow it out your asshole, <laughs> pop top a can. Right. You know what I mean? So you make soup but it also seems bizarre to me to make soup for one. That is weird. That's but a, I'm that's saying a that's, saucepan full of soup. That's what James. happens. I'm saying really? that that's what happens. Okay, so you pull some stock out of the Okay. I'll back up. This is why I don't make soup at home. Right. I, I just don't do it. When I and I feel like soup is something that I eat that is a product of the place that I currently am, the environment. Like yeah. here, I'm like, yeah, Thai, for sure. Thai. I'm back home in Pennsylvania, you know, wedding soup, clam chowder, something like that. Right. Texas, I don't know, menudo maybe. Menudo. Yeah. Well something. you can get that here. You, you are get, in well, Mexico. It's not actually California. Yeah, but it's I live Mexico. in I live in Thai Town. I walk two blocks and I get a good Tom Ka. You live in or, Thai Town, where Mexican people go and get Tom Ka, and then Thai people go and get Menudo on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. You live in East Hollywood. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, but the block I'm on. Yeah. Do people say Thai Town? Thai Town? I say Thai Town only when I'm on that strip at Thai restaurants. And that's and where I live. I live else, right behind that plaza. What it is is Little Armenia. And then mm. what people call it, because that's what's written in a Craigslist ad, is East Hollywood, because that sounds cuter than... Now, if you really want to be daring and you're an evil realtor who's really trying to move some units, you'll say, like, Southwest Silver Lake, when we know that's not I've at all. I've never heard somebody say that. Oh, I've I've seen people be like, oh, it's Silver Lake adjacent. Where, where is it? Uh, it, It's Thai Town. I'm like, where is it? They're like, uh, it's, uh, it's a little Armenian. It reads more Los Feliz to me than it would Southwest Silver Lake. Yeah. Very close yeah. to Vermont. Yeah. I, you know what I, I mean? guess I get well. Yeah, I would. You could call it Thai Town. That is the flavorful name that I use to describe. Yeah, what I love about it. But yeah. I did live there for. I did live there for a while. I you did. At, I lived at Vermont and Santa Monica for a while. Which okay, um, yeah, yeah, right. Jordan Dahl used to live around that area. I worked too. on the meth markets. What? I was a day trader on the meth markets. I would say <laughs> sell, 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 <laughs> and just a scroll, just a thin right. little ticker at the bottom that says ice. You know. <laughs> It's just you and several other people on the street. I would sell ice to ice. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, uh, I liked Guatem- uh, Guatemalteca over there. There's a Guatemalteca, which is like a uh, sort of Guatemalan uh, Panera fucking thing. Half of it's a bakery and half of it's a sit-down little plates, lunch plates. Have you been to... Let's just stay on Thai Town. Have you been to Rune Pair? Rune Pair, the French. No, I haven't. No. Okay. I've been there uh, three different times. Right. And I'm starting to... like blow through like a lot of their menu like they think man everything's good everything has a lot of flavor i've had five different things there and they've all had like more flavor than the it's a french other restaurant things. Is no, that, no 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 room, room pairs thai oh that's a thai restaurant yeah. what's the french one that's in los Feliz that you're friends with the lou Pouillette. la Pouillette. la Pouillette. i say lou lou Pouillette. lou Pouillette. Pouillette. uh they're drastically french gotcha. i went on a date there 
uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah. And I was uh, telling uh, the person I was with that God, they had a they posted it. a lot of things they uh, say are just like lost in translation because mm-hmm. they're very French. Right. They'll be like ah the. The early bird achieves the worm, and you're like, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's yeah. Like not exactly. It. Right, right, right. So like some of the things they observe and <clears throat> and say, it's a little bit off. Yeah. They posted uh, an Instagram story recently that was a bottle of wine, uh-huh. like a bottle of natural wine, and it just said, "Why so serious?" <laughs> and I was like, "Are you are you guys processing the memes here? Because <laughs> that's like usually <laughs> reserved oh, for yeah. just the Joker." Right. But you know. I understood like their thought process, which is like, yeah, why are you being so serious? Have yeah. a glass of wine. Kick back and enjoy yourself. <laughs> but they've quoted a domestic terrorist. All right, James, it's time for Fake Food, Real Food, the segment where we sample some fake food and then some real food. Let's do it. And then we talk about it. I brought the fake food today. It is a Fruit Loops Pop-Tart. And I got this in a pinch. Oh, God, I hate shit I like picked this. this up with a white claw. Oh, Go ahead and... Yuck. Hey, it looks like toucan on the on the front of the pop tart. Why so serious, indeed? This is this it's, is so. You know ugly. what you never notice about a pop tart until you're up close with one. What? It's so pale. Yeah, it's, it's so pale. It looks underbaked. Can I see the the icing side of yours mm-hmm. uh, just to like make sure that mine isn't under iced? Okay, see. So yours has a toucan <laughs> Sam printed on it. Mine has a motif of. Well, it has like a basically a thick blue question mark, and then it looks like a constellation. Yeah, some loops. Yeah, it does look like a constellation, right? It looks under iced though. In service of aesthetics, they have under iced the top of my pop tart. I don't like that. And the icing does it taste like the milk? Is it supposed to be milk icing? I hate that Mm. shit. I don't know if it tastes like milk, but it uh, it tastes just like the cereal. No, it tastes like Flintstone vitamins. No, it tastes like it tastes like Fruit Loops. No, it tastes like. Listen, I don't think it's a stretch from Fruit Loops to cereal to Flintstone vitamins okay. in the first place. Something I don't understand, Danny, with the Fruit Loops. Yeah, talk. To you me. have the illusion that you are extracting flavor from fruit and putting it into mm. the cereal. In theory, yes. With this Pop Tart, you are extracting. <laughs> Flavor. You're so far removed from the process. <laughs> exactly. This you, is not farm to table. This is not slow cooking. No, it's not even. There's not even the like. A lot's getting lost in translation, much like our French fries. I mean, I literally have the image of a Fruit Loop printed onto this snack. Mm-hmm. That is as close to a Fruit Loop as it's getting. Which, how do you do? How do they do this? This is they have. Um, well, obviously, it's got like some lines. I can see lines through it. So they have some sort of candy printer, some sort of sugar. Uh, Are these three D printed airbrush? All of this shit is three D printed. They they took the technology of three D printing from these, you know, food packages. Airbrush is the right word. I guarantee it's a spray. They took that canister that they use for airbrushing. Yeah. Put it full of Fruit Loop flavoring. One more bite. Yeah. I mean, I'm almost done. I'll, that's the thing is. I don't want. I, dude, I will never. I hate. You'll sugar. never see me throw away food. You'll never see it happen, and I and I think that it would be fair to to assume that I'm fairly pretentious sometimes about food. For sure, but I'll never, I'll never throw it away, never. Right. Last week, and this is worth mentioning, you brought in coffee flavored Coke Zero, and I yeah. said on air, it's disgusting. 
I've had five I since know, then. I know, I saw that. I've had five since then. I looked at your stories and you're like, oh, maybe just one more. And I was like, <laughs> what happened to you? I got addicted because I, I drank Coke Zero outright just because I like the uh, added caffeine. Coke Zero has caffeine. And uh, these were on sale, two for $3 at Ralph's. Sometimes I shop there. Got a couple. I needed to get some work done. It was mm-hmm. Saturday, and I had to prep a lot of pasta for Sunday pasta. And I was like, okay, I can have a panic attack about it or get it done and also have a panic attack from all the caffeine that I consumed. And so I came home with like two or three, and I just drank them periodically, stayed up till 1 a.m. So I, gross. It's gross, but it's not. I like the Coke flavor. I like the caffeine boost. Okay. And it's not because I used to be heavy in energy drinks. Okay. I would drink all that shit, you know. Yeah. Thrash, night terror. You know how they're all yeah, called. Yeah, you know yeah. they're all called like very well, ominous. You have um you have a cook's personality and you've worked a line. Yeah. And I am not surprised at all that you know the flavor difference between every seven eleven energy drink purely based on occupational Buddy, reasons. I would in my heyday, when I was very unhealthy, at like twenty five. I would take Venom energy drink and mix it with white wine. No. And I would drink it like at work. Yeah. Because no. I wanted to get a little bit fucked up, but I also wanted the the boost. And now you're now you're you're in your thirties and mm-hmm. now you have the you can get oversalted really quickly. And that's that's the version of you sort of <laughs> riding the lightning for yourself. I get cured. I get cured rather easily. You getting cured because of salt. Salt ruins your day. I know that there's a threshold with caffeine that I don't cross because I know because <clears throat> one thing you start to realize too is like, oh God, like you're very delicate. You can have yeah. a panic attack. You can spiral. You know yeah. what I mean? Caffeine can do that. Well, Too much drug. alcohol can do that. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of so, like the only smart thing Mormons do is, uh, besides being poly, is uh, <laughs> yeah, they know is that. Uh, that they avoid caffeine. I, I, I don't like feeling over-caffeinated. I, I, I haven't no. had a cold brew in a couple years. I used to be a cold brew person. I'm not going to have any caffeine, Danny, not even from sodas anymore, that isn't coming from coffee. Coffee is the only thing in my mind, sometimes black tea. But coffee's the only thing in my mind that I'm like, that's where I get caffeine from. I get my caffeine in the morning. Mm-hmm. I try to pair it with a proper amount of food because I'm very sensitive to caffeine. I hit 30, yeah. and it all changed for me. I used to drink a huge drum. I would get, give me the oil drum for sure. of, of cold brew at Starbucks or wherever. The artisanal bullshit, the baristas with the cool hat on, I buy the cold brew from them. And I wouldn't feel a thing and then hit 30 and all of a sudden I'm like yeah, screaming and weeping at my wife and I'm like we're talking about my dad and shit. And I'm like, what is this coming from? And it's like, oh, I drank $8 of cold brew. When you're in your 20s, it's like you're trying to have a heart, a- heart attack and you can't do it. Like when I think about the combination of like cigarettes and eating and, yeah. and, and energy drinks and booze, it's like you're trying. And then yeah. I, I remember I had my first like bad panic attack when I was like 28. Yeah. And I was like, God, oh, what happened? And I was like, well, you know, all those horrible things. Yeah. What would a doctor ask you? What did you put in your body? Right. I don't know. See, I, I say I don't. I, same thing with sugar. Listen. Sugar is a thing that makes me feel bad now. And I avoid, oh, yeah. I avoid sugar as much as possible. Just in general, as a life philosophy. I think it's more so carbs for me now. Feel bad. 
If I had a lot potatoes. of potatoes, I have a lot of bread. If I have a lot of bread, bread, a lot of because and there's a lot of sugar in bread too, but like a lot of like processed bread. Oh yeah, I end up feeling like shit. Uh, uh, I ate the whole pop tart, and uh, I know it's bad. Yeah, but just seeing it there, there's like too much of my grandma's ghost. That's <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like don't waste any food, Daniel. Right. And I can't. Well, you want to finish mine? Well, no, that's not my problem. That's on you. I, I don't. I don't take on the world's problems. Just my own. Danny, so that's why. I don't like these things that are like, it's a milk and cereal bar. It's a, it's a Pop-Tart. It's a Fruit Loop flavored Pop-Tart. I don't like the fake milk. It's like fake banana. You have, you are have, you tasting milk? You have fakeified. This is, this is milk. This is quotes milk. I think you're tasting cereal and you're associating it with milk because there's nothing milky about no, it. No, the, the white icing is all I'm tasting. Okay. And... The white, the, you've seen the milk and cereal bars, right? The same company make these things that are like, yeah, unwrap it and you're on the go and you got to go to work. So eat this candy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> and it's, for when you want your cereal on the go, it's like, haven't you thought of like another way to eat breakfast? I'm telling you it's marshmallow, but they have added evaporated milk to it so that you get a hint of milk. It's supposed to give the impression of, milk. oh, I bet you're right. Because, oh, you know, only a psycho eats the dry cereal out of the box. Like, like it's bugles. I'll do that. I know you will. See, that's what I mean by a this psycho. Why, this, this is why I don't have... I mean, I haven't bought a box of cereal in... It feels like a decade. I would, ne- I would never buy a box of cereal. My wife, Rebecca, eats like a five-year-old. She literally eats raw hot dogs and, and, and cereal all day. I'm not seeing... I'm not seeing any evaporated milk on the back on the back of this uh, the ingredients well, okay. here. Okay, well, then I'm but no, Mr. No, no, no. Idiot. No, there's a bunch of things... That could be, you got, you, got, you got your corn syrup, you got your fructose corn syrup, you got your dextrose. Um, Thank God we got the dextrose. And then you got, you know, your red 40, your blue one, your yellow five. I love reading the backs of these things and you oh, see, yeah. you understand just how bad it is for you. Maybe next week, because I know we're going to switch off with the, uh, the fake food uh-huh. suggestions. Maybe let's pick something that's not prank. You know, maybe we'll pick because I picked this up thinking, ah, James. So gonna, we're James gonna, is gonna hate this. <laughs> we'll pick up something that is maybe appetizing, maybe appetizing for next week, but still packaged, processed, old, not good for you. Mm-hmm. I but I mean, appetizing. I would consider most health snacks also processed still. Oh yeah, you know, of course they are. That's the whole thing, Danny. Processed does not equal all the way bad. Yeah. And neither mm-hmm. does GMO. That's something I want to talk about on a future episode. Oh, yeah. Future episode. I have a friend who's a vegan scientist, and she's like, everything you eat is GMO. The agriculture is genetically modifying organic yeah. matter. Like the whole thing of just the trend, the sort of brainless trend of just needing things to be rated GMO or non-GMO as well. Non-GMO, right. Non-GMO. Uh, that's that's the thing. We genetically have modified everything: all corn, all potatoes, all tomatoes. That's it happened years ago. It happened years ago. But I'm saying that just going off of that does not equal right. a healthy well, object. <clears throat> a couple of things. One, I, I I never really insert myself in this conversation because I don't know. Right. Uh, and part of that reason is because, secondly, I don't trust anything that's on a package uh-huh. of anything. You know. <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 one thing, you know, it's so funny too is like they've been telling us for years that. You know, your olive oil, it's like it's like California brand. I'm like, that's coming from Portugal, Italy, Greece. They're, yeah. they're, it, they're packaging all these different olive oils together uh-huh. and putting it in the same bottle because it's, like, cheaper. Same thing with, like, beef. Yeah. You ground beef, all these different parts from different plants, right? Yeah. So I got, I saw this bottle of olive oil the other day. It was California brand, but it said... Uh, 
global mix on it. Global and I'm mix. like, that's bad. But th- they've like they've like taken or global blend and they've taken like this thing that we was bad and now they're like it's a global blend that's good yeah <laughs> like they're trying to tell you it's good and i'm looking at yeah. it and like this is how they're branding it now i'm like that's fucking bad yeah um you ted can, cruz is holding a big thing of olive oil and be oh like Christ. they won't stop at at globalism not even with our extra virgin olive oil i don't even know if we need to rate this um but you this know pop tart if, if you're eating pop tarts Okay, um, what's the scale of Pop Tarts? What's the scale? If if one is, you want to do a one to ten or let's. All right, I'm gonna do one is the uniced strawberry that kind of who's that for? Oh, so this is a scale of Pop Tarts, and then ten is the brown sugar cinnamon, which is my that's the best one. That's my far and away. Okay, so this is your scale, with nine being the fucking what's the purple and blue? So the uh, one is the one, one is strawberry. Strawberry uniced. Do you know the one I'm talking about? No. You can I, buy one that doesn't have icing on it. That's just a uh, strawberry filling, and it's like maybe your grandma had it. What is the point it. of eating a Pop-Tart that's uniced? I don't know. You know what? Number one is going to be store brand. Store brand strawberry. Remember the store brand Pop-Tart? What was it called? I don't know, but it would just be like the Kroger brand one. It was like then the dollar yeah. package, and you'd be like, no, I want the name brand. It's good. And then oh, mom yeah, would be like, no, we're going to get you the cheap the one. The store brand has a thing that's like, it looks like foil, but it shreds like paper. Yeah. It, it looks like it, it's super flammable. Yeah, the back It's of a the really box. thin wrapper, and you're just like, what the fuck back is Back of the box is like, don't forget to eat the wrapper. <laughs> 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 There's valuable nutrients there. Yeah. I, I um, Where would you put this one on? On this, well, it's bad. When I... I almost said when I want a pop tart. I never want a pop tart. I'm a fucking 35 year old man. Um, Why do they taste worse in the gas station individual wrapper? The the foil in the box tastes better if I'm not wrong than the gas station ones. That's just two of them. Maybe think, it's because you don't have proximity to a toaster. You're buying I, it. I, I and think that's like an raw. insane. That's probably an insane thing to say. That is, sim, you know, similar people will say. Uh, the bite-sized candies taste better than the regular size. I'm like, it's the same thing. It's for sure the same well, thing. You're you're getting a different bite, huh? but it's the same product. Well, with the Reese's, with the Reese's little cup, the little cup of Reese's. I don't like the little cup. I like the I like the big cup. I like the big cup too. But what I'm saying, big cup's is better. With the little cup, you are getting more chocolate coverage per unit of peanut butter than you are in the big cup. I don't want chocolate cup. But that's what people are tasting. They're unwrapping the the thing. They're having more chocolate than normal, and they're saying it's good. I'm going to give this a uh, a 3 out of 10 on a Pop-Tart scale Yeah, because I imagine there are worse Pop-Tarts. Yes. I can't imagine there's many. I'm going to actually agree with you. I hated this (laughs) Pop-Tart. I'm going to give it 3 Pop-Tarts out of 10 Pop-Tarts. There you go. Because it is better than a store brand strawberry, and it is better than an uniced strawberry. You know what? I like. I do like a strawberry. I like a strawberry. I like but a strawberry. it's got to be in a toaster. Okay, time to review some real food. I picked up some sandwiches from Falafel Eric's. Arox. 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 Oh, is that how you would say it? I would. Okay. Um, falafel arax. I'm not Armenian, but that's how I would say it, or Lebanese. Do, and, do you uh, know what the cuisine is? The cuisine? Yeah. Oh, it says, you know, Middle Eastern specialties. So Middle I mean, Eastern. But that could be, you know, I don't know. 
maybe they're yeah. Armenian. I mean, it's in Little Armenia, but it could be could be Armenian. It could be yeah. Syrian, Lebanese. It's uh, it, it's all kind of influenced. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a similar cuisine. Similar. Um, but this place pops up on a you know I think if you Google falafel in Los Angeles. Because mm-hmm. I went past a restaurant called Dune, and I'm a simple man. I see a restaurant called Dune. I'm like, I like the movie, and then I stop. <laughs> and then I got their falafel, and um, it was just okay. It was it was uh, pretty messy, and uh, they okay. had uh, the they, falafel itself was messy. Uh, the sandwich itself was sandwich just a little messy, messy and um, it just didn't have like a great bite to it. Uh-huh. Like uh, they they served a garlic sauce with it uh-huh. on the side. I got the garlic sauce, which is like a tomb. Uh-huh. T O U M, and anytime I've had tomb, it's like I think it, it's pretty much made like a mayo. I've made it before. Um, the Syrian places back home in Pennsylvania make it, and it's uh, a little gloppy like a mayonnaise. But I'm pretty yeah. sure it's just oil and shitloads of garlic and a little bit of lemon. But you're really, I mean, it fucks up your mouth. And these oh, are yeah. things like when I made it and I gave it to my little my little niece wanted to try it. She's three years old. She tastes it and she goes water 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 she started saying water that's all panic great. and it yeah. was the cutest thing um that's but awesome their garlic sauce was just like a little tame and like i don't know and this could just be my palate too which i'm like i want food to fuck me at up falafel adox no, no no this was at um this was at dune. i'm sorry this was at dune just okay. a long way of getting there and right. then i was like man i gotta get a different falafel now and now uh, was dune where did they did they present real cool and hipstery or yeah, was they it did. down home N- was it, what do you mean? Down was home? it down home? Was it like like falafel? No, 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 no. Cool and hipster. Cool and hipster. Cool and, cool and hipster presentation. So they shot their wad on their little dining room, and then they've given well, you a product that was, you know, three out of three out of five. No, I, it was better than that. It but it just, than that. it just didn't have like um, like a really good. Not the falafel was like supposed to have a strong bite to it, but when I taste like their uh, pickled turnip, uh huh. You know, like when you get zanku. Yeah, and you taste that turnip, and you're like, "Oh yeah." You taste the vinegar. You taste that. I taste like they're pickling, and I was like, "That's just like kind of a light pickling." Danny, uh, I'm a big Zanku. Man. I know, man. And I Zanku know. is gonna be sort of my barometer. For, that's great. That's my control group. We'll do a big Zanku episode at some point. Oh, Zanku is a story too. There's a yeah. lot oh, of yeah. good lore yeah, around yeah, yeah, Zanku. Yeah. Yes, um, but I. I I will say, just on the subject of falafels, Danny, I prefer... I want to bite into the falafel. A, I want the outside to be crusty, crunchy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yep. then the inside, I want to be herby. I want to see mm-hmm. green parsley. Yes. You know, I want yeah. to see green in there. Yeah. Uh, and, like, you can tell that the chickpea gets, like, a lot of coverage from the herbs because the chickpea, the grain itself, will be pretty green. That's mm-hmm. what I. Those are the bites I'm expecting. Are like the the hard crisp on the outside, God, and then the herb on the inside. You're right too, because when you get a falafel that isn't crispy on the outside, and it becomes a uniform texture, it's yeah. very unpleasant. Yeah, it's very soft. It's almost um, sticks to the roof of your mouth a little bit. I don't want it to be grainy. No. I want it to be more like. Um, not necessarily a donut, but definitely yeah. in between. I a hush puppy is the closest thing I can think oh, of. Sure, because the chickpea sure. at that point is acting like a corn, and you want it to do. That's your southern falafel. Corn. Right there. I mean, that's what the falafel is. I think hush puppy when I'm biting into it, but I, I like it more than hush puppies, even as a southerner. Real quick, just want to say I'm sure Dune does a bunch of other great stuff, and Carl Hess was like, "Oh yeah, you should have got the roast chicken and lamb." I'm like, yeah, so you got the wrong thing. I will. Yeah, but I really wanted a falafel, and uh, anyway, that led me to. Falafel addicts, and I picked up these sandwiches. God, they're so... Real quick, just want to say, these people 
are so fucking nice. There was like four different people there. It was raining. Not a lot of people there, but just yeah. like chatting you up. Yeah. And any question I had, I was like, what's on top of the the uh, the spit there? You know, they had the, the roast uh, yeah. uh, lamb or whatever right. on, on a spit. And it was just slabs of pork fat. And I was like, oh, yeah, duh. But like, I thought that was really smart. And I'm sure lots of people do that. But like, oh, that's right. The pork fat drips down on the... Yeah, on, on, on the leg of lamb or whatever, and uh, I was like, "Damn, that's really smart." But they were just like super nice people, you know. When you notice, yeah. Sometimes you walk into a restaurant, and I'm like, I get this in Little Armenia a lot. I'm like, "Yeah, you don't want me to fucking be here," and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I always yeah, ask yeah. more questions. I'm like, I know you hate that I'm here right now, but like, please help me. Well, we're all we're all in this period where we're reevaluating capitalism <laughs> just as a system. But the one fun thing about money is you kind of are granted permission to be anywhere if you are planning yeah. to spend money. And yeah, that's true. That yeah. is like one of those things where it's like I wouldn't be allowed in here otherwise, <laughs> but I'm right. I'm planning to spend twelve dollars. And they uh they have a a great menu. So we picked up uh, a couple of falafels and then also a, a Swiss what was it, Swiss cheese sandwich with tomato. It was Swiss cheese. It was tomato in a pressed baguette. I've only yeah. seen this at one other the pressed baguette thing. I've seen plenty of lavash or uh, <clears throat> whatever the wrap was made out of this time. But uh, in the wrap, mm-hmm. that was, you know, that was the familiar presentation. The wrap. Whatever they're wrapping it in, tortilla. That was familiar? Lavish. Yeah, the the wrap. Well, the because the, it came tightly wrapped. That was a tightly wrapped falafel. It was very tight. And it the way they pinched the ends, I'm like, this is like a big, long piece of hard candy. Yeah. I don't always see it come that way. At Dune, it was like, here you go. And they, like, had two hands. And then you pick it up, and you're, like, juggling a vase. You're like Leslie Nielsen all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, God. And it, like, I ate it in my car. Right. I was a pro about it. But, you know, at a certain point towards the end, I'm using my fingers. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, which is like, you know, this is not that disgusting. I try to, like, when I'm in those situations, I'm trying to drip onto something that's going to welcome the... The juices. This is why I always eat over my dog. <laughs> if she gets a little bit on her, I just wipe it off. But the Danny, the press baguette thing, I've only seen that uh, here with that Swiss cheese and tomato sandwich. And yeah. then I've seen it at a, a, one of the really good um, Armenian restaurants, like walk-in, walk-out, Chick-fil-A style, quick service, I guess you call it. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, Tarme on, um, on Glendale Boulevard. Have you heard of Tarme? No. Uh, it's, it's great. It's a Glendale and Windsor and, uh, a little pricey, but high quality food. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't ever regretted spending my money there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and the portions are decent, not on the, the wraps and sandwiches. I don't think they give you as much as you want, but the plates, the plates, yeah. they heap on like tons of rice and chicken and stuff. Um, but, uh, pretty cheap. Tarme Here? has all of these pressed baguette sandwiches. I'm like, oh, I haven't, I haven't I seen this. I love a pressed baguette I sandwich. I do, too. Um, yeah, I liked the the Swiss cheese and tomato. I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can get that. Anywhere. Anywhere. I can make that You can get it anywhere. Yeah. I It jumped out to me on the menu because I was just like, the fuck are you guys doing serving a Swiss <laughs> cheese and... They do it. They do. They do. Oh. A, they do a ham and cheese too. And For I'm people's like, kids, man. Great. No, I, I, dude, I love it. I'm I, well. I'm a big fan of those types of items. Right. Like people talk shit about angel hair at Italian restaurants. I'm like, that's a gateway pasta, dude. Angel you hair. Get, you got to get the kids into. Uh, it. I don't. I don't love angel hair too. I, I don't I, mean. I don't eat it that much as an adult, right. but as a kid, I think you know, I liked it as a kid. That's what gets you. You know. You get a big. What, you, what else are you gonna get? Penne. 
the fuck out of here with penne. It's the stupidest pasta. In the, it's for youth group pastors. They serve overcooked penne out of a buffet in a church basement. The yep. fuck out of here with your penne. Yep. I'd much rather have... Yeah. Oh, dude. Good side note. I uh, We served angel hair at this when I, I worked at this uh, casino in Pittsburgh. And they wanted us to cook it to order. Because okay. they were like, if you cook it in the morning, uh-huh. you're going to overcook it. And then by the time you have to heat it up, yeah. it's going to become mush. mush and I yeah. said, okay, well, I'm cooking it. And I'll make sure that I cook it al dente. So this won't be a fucking problem. Okay. And the sous chef goes, don't cook the angel hair in a big batch. And I said, I'm going to do it. And uh, I remember I'm standing over this big vat of like boiling water, huge vat. I mean, I don't know. It's like you can cook probably 20 pounds of pasta in there. Right. And the water's boiling. Uh-huh. And he goes, Danny, are you cooking the angel hair? And I was like, not yet. I'm not. He goes, don't do it. And I have a big like box of angel hair. And I just look him straight in the eyes and I dump it in the vat. <laughs> and he just like shakes his head. Oh, no. And uh, I iced it down. Instant, you know, like I think I cooked it for like 40 seconds. Shocked it with ice. Yeah. James, uh-huh. cooked perfectly. One of the things I know how to do well is cook boxed pasta perfectly. I don't have to time it. You just feel it. I'm like a mentalist. I'm like, I know when it's done. Cooked perfectly. It enraged this guy. He, My sous chef tried to, because I did it right, too. Right, right, and I was right. like, you're wrong. And he tried to send me home. And he said, Danny, go home. And I was like, no, you don't have the authority to do that. I was like, you're a sous chef. I was like, the executive chef comes over here and tells me to go home. I'll go home. And I remember I made him so mad. I must have been so smug. Again, I was 25. I was probably all high on Vicodin and (laughs) drinking energy drinks. He grabbed me with a chef coat. And someone saw it Uh and reported it. Uh And it it became this whole thing. And I remember my executive chef was like, Danny, I'm going to stick up for you once because you're valuable here. But this is your last shot. And I was like, okay, I'll clean up. Because you perks, you cook something perfectly. Well, and I did it to annoy. I, I yeah. disobeyed an order from right. a sous chef. Right. But yeah, I'll never forget looking him right in the eyes uh-huh. and just dumping like <laughs> 20 pounds of angel hair <laughs> right into a vat of water. Ah, it felt good. Um, that's when I was cooking with a lot of anger. And, right. And a chip on my shoulder and all those things. Um, anyway, uh you know what I liked about the the falafel at this place, the the hummus, uh, dude. Hummus has like three flavors that either yeah. come through. Sometimes you get it and you taste too much garlic. Yeah. Sometimes you get it and you taste a lot of lemon. Yeah. This you tasted a lot of the tahini. Tahini. And I feel like the tahini complements the chickpea very well. Was it I, even a hummus? Was it a tahini sauce? Oh, maybe it was. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was. I, I assume they spread hummus on there. Right. Um, but only because it didn't taste too strongly of tahini. I just kind of noticed it. Gotcha. Maybe it was a tahini sauce then. Maybe it was. Yeah. Um, but tahini, the reason I said no is because tahini is, it's like a very oily paste. Like if you ate a spoonful right. of tahini, it'd be like peanut butter. You wouldn't be able yeah. to talk. You'd be like, Gool. you know what I mean? Because it'd right. be stuck to the roof of but your mouth. But a tahini sauce would be thinned out with more oil, right? Out, yeah. Oil or well, probably ice water. Because I know when you go it. to Zanku and you get, I, I get a wrap and I get two falafels. Okay. That is my Zanku order is a wrap and two falafels. That's about, okay. a, about enough for me. And then uh, they give you a little tahini to, to dip your falafels in. Oh, do they really? Yeah. Oh, we're going to end up reviewing Zanku real soon. Yeah, we're going to have to. I like that their falafel was held together uh, very nicely. This is like the type of yeah. sandwich that you can eat in a car. For sure. Easily. You know what I mean? Well, it was not super messy towards the end. It was wasn't super fun. messy. Uh, I thought it had good flavor. The bread was good. 
Um, I'm not going to pretend like I'm some connoisseur of like all, you know, all these things. But it is uh, also a street food. It's it's like how deep right. can we really get? It's I, <laughs> I will say I've had a lot of falafel that's served in a big floppy pita that you when you pick it up, right. tons of shit fall out. And this was a tightly wrapped... It wasn't a baguette. The falafel wasn't on a baguette, was it? Bag, it was not on no. the press baguette. No, it wasn't. But it it had a. It was. I think it was a bigger piece of uh, bread, pita yeah. bread, sort of pressed. This um, was this was a meatier falafel for me. It wasn't as high on the herb and the crust for me. I tasted the crust though, and I liked the crust. And I said that, and I thought that because after leaving Dune, I thought I also wanted more crust, and this had a little bit more crust than Dune but maybe not as much as crust as you're looking for. I like it. I like it hard fried. You want a hard fried falafel? I want it hard fried. I want it to like bounce right off a brick wall. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to come back at me and pop me in the eye like a ping pong. Um, I like, I want to go back. I, every one of these restaurants, Middle Eastern or Lebanese, Syrian, whatever, Armenian, I want to try the grape leaves because I'm so fascinated by oh, yeah. the way it's the only tattoo I have, James. Oh, yeah. Fucking grape leaves. Uh, and I'm just so interested in how everyone else serves it, and I really judge a, oh, good, yeah. a restaurant by their grape leaves, and I want to go back and uh, and have their grape leaves. When are you going back? I'm going to go back probably in, I don't know, I'm going to say a month. Oh, yeah? I'll probably get some grape leaves and hummus. There's sometimes like I, uh, around dinner time, I'm like, I don't want a sandwich because it'll put me out, but I want you know, maybe the muhammada from Carousel, or I right. want grape leaves and some hummus and you know, and I think maybe in a month I'll go back and try something that's not a sandwich. Yeah. Just try to get a better taste of some of their flavors. Now, when it comes so. to a a ten dollar uh, Armenian uh, lunch for me in yeah. Hollywood, I'm still gonna go Zanku. But yeah, from the looks of this menu, it looks like they have more Mediterranean options, more Middle Eastern options. Zanku has that In and Out thing where it's like, here's the five things we do. Good luck for sure. And then this this place, the menu is a little bit bigger. A few more things. So I might come hmm. here and try some. Like, they certainly don't have pressed baguette sandwiches at, at Zanku. So I, I, I would go there in a couple months again if I was in yeah, Hollywood. I think that's, that's, a good, that's a good call. Okay, special topic of the day, James. Uh, we got one special topic, and it's a recommendation that uh, you gave me, and that is... To watch Hell's Kitchen, which I have never seen before, and I started watching. You said start with season seven. First of all, this is a show that has been on the air for I don't know fifteen years. Fifteen years. It's been fifteen years. At the beginning, like I did at the uh, towards the beginning of the pandemic, I found it on Crackle, and I started at the very beginning. Interesting. Yeah, my my introduction to Gordon Ramsay was Kitchen Nightmares. I used to date a woman who was really into Kitchen Nightmares. American or British? American. Okay. I haven't watched the British one. You need to. I know. It's good. I know. It's good. I know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I, so that's what I got to know Chef Ramsay on the like 10% mad at you, 90% you can do this, I believe in you. And then <laughs> I got on Crackle. Yeah. I started watching yeah. Hell's Kitchen because I was just, I over the past like five years, I've been really into cooking competitions and yeah. the idea of you have an hour to do something with this pork butt. And I, I love that 
presentation, that's, that's good TV yeah. to me. I'll watch anything with sure. that kind of thing. This isn't necessarily that. This is no, 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 no. This, but it's a cooking competition. It's a very different kind of cooking competition. This is it's a dinner service competition. It's, this is a dinner service competition. Yes. This is you're on a, a station. Yes. This is you're working a station, which to me reads as much easier than like, hey, figure out how to incorporate this leftover banana bread in your in your entree. I'd be like, I would fold immediately. Well, is it easier, Danny? Because yes. yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because half of the people that they well, uh, let's, let's a third of the people that are brought on yep. to Hell's Kitchen to compete are chefs, either sous executive, head, lead, and that's also chefs. I, I should also say, even then, that's a loose term. Like it is. somebody who's like, I'm the executive chef at a country club. I'm like, that could mean a <laughs> w- a vast array of things. Well, from watching a lot of the show, what I'm talking about is people who think about dishes mm-hmm. and write menus, pe- people who like think up right. dishes, you know, or at least enjoy doing it. Yeah. And then the other third are line people, cooks, cooks, not chefs, uh-huh. people who cook and are good at cooking. And uh-huh. taking orders and getting things done uh-huh. uh, with like a wide base of knowledge about how to cook a lot of different things. Uh, chefs sometimes are not good cooks. Like the chef people who are like the create the creative types who have a lot of people working under them. Maybe they don't cook every day. Maybe they don't get in there. And, you know, so they right. fuck up the cook on a lot of things. The line okay. cooks, they'll present a dish and it'll be cooked beautifully, but not creative presentation and plating suck. Right. And then the other third are just complete assholes. Just total bozos. Yes. How did they get in here? Clearly a producer at Fox was like, oh, yeah. you know what? This kind of person is really going to ruin everyone's day, including the people watching this show for at least 11 episodes. Yeah. They're hired. Yeah. Uh, they, they they get some stunt picks. There are stunt s- picks for se- sure. Season seven, you know, guy gets a Hell's Kitchen tattoo. Mm-hmm. There's another guy <laughs> who uh, has a farm and he's like, I like to kill the animals and eat them raw. And oh, Gordon Ramsay's like, what the fuck? Uh, so, I mean, you could, they clearly pick, of course, it's reality TV. And right. so they pick some people like this. I, there's not many chefs I'm even watching currently. I'm like three episodes in season seven, and I'm like, oh, this person's like super talented. Right. I, I just, first of all, I've, this isn't, the reason I haven't watched it, I'm like, this isn't a show for people in the industry. Those people aren't hireable. If if there's a line cook who's <laughs> like, I'm going to go home and watch Hale's Kitchen tonight, I'm like, what do you think this is? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, don't come to work on Monday. Uh, right. You know, it, this is for, uh, you know, this is for regular people yeah. to get a glimpse into kitchen life. Kitchen life, which I got to say, it does nail a portion of that. Like yeah. when they're done cooking, when the last ticket comes through and they're like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> that exhale. And then they're all smoking cigarettes all just indoors later. Smoking cigarettes indoors. Indoors. Uh, that's very, yeah. that's very relatable. And some of the, the way that the, the cooks interact with each other, uh-huh. which is you, you see that, sort of either fake helpful or somebody trying to take too much control. Like, no, what you need to do yeah, is yeah, this. Yeah. That's every job. Every job is like, yeah. I got I got a, the best way to do this. And yeah. you find out that guy doesn't know shit. Um, there's a lot of that going on. Oh, yeah. Um, I was cackling for the entire first episode. Oh, it's such I an entertaining show. It's, it's a super entertaining it's, show. It's like, okay, this is the thing. I, I was, I've was i been looking for these reality shows that are the perfect kind of reality show to watch. For me, what a perfect reality show is, uh, something with like 
a tangible goal. I mean, yeah. Chopped is kind of the best because it's, you don't need to watch a, a an entire series of it. You're just introduced. Here are these people. Here's their yeah. dumb story about their mother-in-law or whatever that they're fighting for. You know, I need $10,000 because right. I need to propose to my mother-in-law. Whatever yeah, stupid yeah, thing yeah. they have to say. And then they're immediately cooking, working toward the goal. You have the judges who come in for part of it to inject some much-needed intellectual value of any kind into yeah. the proceedings. They're also there to like look up at the clock. <laughs> yeah, they're also All there panicked. for exposition. <laughs> for for you know yeah. like for like the connective <laughs> tissue of the storyline. Yeah. And then uh and then it resolves with hopefully the person you hate the least winning. And Hell's Kitchen really builds. I mean first Does of it? all, what did you think of the ridiculous <laughs> Vic Berger DJ Doug Pound, Tim and Eric style intro. Oh, God, that's what it is. You're right. Well, yeah, the, the editing, I mean, gave me a seizure. Yes. And there's so much happening in the first minute. James, I was, I haven't laughed that hard by myself <laughs> in a long time. I mean, cackling. Because in the first, in the you're watching a version on Crackle or IMDb or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the swear words are in it. So yeah. you're getting the hokey editing and sound effects, but also someone going, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. You're hearing all the fucks. So yeah. there's, there's about 50 F-bombs dropped in the first 20 seconds. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're chasing pigs yes. in, in in a bunch of mud. Like, that's going to happen later. And then also there's like porn music. Like, things are also going to get sexy. And you're like, what? <laughs> I had no idea. All of these things were happening. And then it's like Gordon Ramsay in a helicopter. And uh -huh. there's like, a you know, they bring all these chefs in. And there's like paparazzi who are just yeah. like, you know, all these extras and stuff. And yeah. Gordon Ramsay makes this announcement. We're going to finish the first uh, first night of dinner service and everyone's like that's never happened before I'm like it hasn't <laughs> or I'm like what happens I'm just now picking up on the show what a great blend of ironic TV viewing with yes. unironic TV viewing yeah that's sort of the it how it goes from stuff I enjoy watching because it's inane and insane yeah and then stuff I enjoy watching because it's like fun good storytelling and yeah. like actual human drama like as soon as you cut through the dross of the intro, the foxiness, the broadcastness, and then you get to the dinner service where, okay, now we actually have to see these people work together and do a yeah. real thing. I think that's what makes Hell's Kitchen so good is that the 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 goal is tangible. What with Survivor, Jeff Probst will be like, "Welcome to the beach. Now you have to swim fifty feet." And grab the fertility idol from the fish baskets. You will be right. using beauty, brains, and brawn. And then you will team up and decide who will go up against your fighter's king fighter. Like, yeah. you know, like this, yeah. the stupidest yeah. goal that doesn't relate to anything in real life. And you're like, how do I make these abstract concepts work in the, you know, how exactly. do I use my beauty? To but the big challenge of every episode of Hell's Kitchen is Gordon right. Ramsay being like, did you wrap the Beef Wellingtons? correctly uh -huh. are they going to fall apart in the oven marcus how could you you haven't you haven't sent out one entree yeah we're not getting anything out of this kitchen it's like it's a it's an actual job people do i and think that's what makes it fun to watch the drama is more realistic it's because realistic. everybody relates to work drama yeah and so you're you know this guy's not doing his fucking job and you're like i know right i mean like that's what this the show is. It's work uh, drama, and you know what, Danny? It's also 
what something that's valuable in dramatizing something. If I'm thinking as a producer, yeah. thank God it's food. Because as a viewer, yeah. you can look at a pan and be like, yes, that's burnt. It, it, like, it has yeah. this visual. Every single thing that's going wrong doesn't <laughs> exist in the abstract. You can actually see what the fuck's going Although wrong. Although sometimes he picks up something and he goes, it's raw. And I'm like, hey, it looks like medium. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm like, it doesn't look right. that bad. But he has squashed it in his hands. <laughs> of course. And that you can't fucking tell anymore. A uh, couple observations. One, the prize, kind of shitty. Uh, you get to be a chef at one of his restaurants. What? Your goal is do you get to work 60 hours a week and maybe not have health insurance and you have to move to London? One yeah. was like, you got to go to London. Hope you don't, I hope you you can convince your wife and kids to also move to London. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a, a shitty prize. Also, uh, I don't know what his legacy is going to be, Gordon Ramsay, but I think part of it is going to be, wow, this guy really did a lot for the phrase fuck off like you thought you heard fuck off every way there was to say it and then Gordon Ramsay comes in and you're like fuck hey off. what's that new sound <laughs> you know what I mean? he just says it fuck off donkey yeah yeah piss off piss off uh they all they also always go upstairs so it's fuck off upstairs piss off upstairs yeah uh <laughs> yeah. yeah fuck off all of you I relate to the people that just quit the show I yeah. saw one guy do that yeah he was like I'm done I don't need this. That's what I'm saying. And he just walks right out. These bozos uh, just want to get on TV for a second. And I'm like, why of all shows did you try to get on Hell's Kitchen? Not only do you, are you, yes, you're on a reality show, but that is secondary to the fact that you have to do a very complicated job. How many reality shows demand for you to have like a show like this? And this is a reality show. They, They do stupid reality show stuff on this show. But they demand of you to have a skill set that comes from years of practice. And this is what I'm talking about is, and just personally, I would fold on Chopped. There's too many ingredients that I haven't worked with and, haven't, and haven't seen. Yes, I would fold on Chopped. But Hell's Kitchen. a show like Hell's Kitchen, I'm like, I'm looking at what they're doing. I'm like, you're just asking this guy to work the garmanger. All he has to do is make salads. There's a guy, you know, he's trying to make uh, crispy potatoes for yeah. a table, cold pan, oil. Potatoes, yeah. bring it up to temperature. What? What are you doing? It has to be a hot pan. Yeah. I'm like, these people at their stations, they've got, you're working with 12 other people. Yeah. You have one job. Yeah. Your one job is to sear scallops. Yeah. Now, I don't know what it looks like when there's a bunch of, you know, television cameras on you and I don't right. know what their experience is, but like, yeah. you know, Christ, like you kind of only have one job. You're working a station. Uh, it's amazing it's when simplified. the entire kitchen gets held up on scallops because to me Doesn't that happen is a lot? that happens all the time. Crazy because it takes like thirty seconds exactly. to cook. Exactly. How do you get? It's, hold- it's yeah. the easiest thing to cook. The only yeah. thing that could be eggs are more complicated than scallops because you don't even have to do anything. Uh, scallops are the easiest thing in the world to cook. They're the easiest thing in the world yeah. to cook, and yet that that like will. S- even even chefs who have done really well in the competition so far, they get put on hot apps, and then they. They lock up on scallops. They keep sending up overcooked really? or undercooked scallops. Yeah. Happens all the time. I wonder why. It, nothing pisses Ramsey off more. I I, <laughs> I mean, it's funny because it's fun to watch Chef Ramsey get super pissed off, but he, he says it once an episode. Scallops. Yeah. You fucking kidding me. S- scallops. 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 Yeah, he says, he he says, says scallops. scallops. There, was a, there was a bumper for a future episode. Oh, I yeah. almost snorted whatever I was drinking out of my nose <laughs> where he literally says, I'm pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> he just says the words. I'm so very matter of factly. Uh, dude. I can't stop watching it. I, I, get, oh, buddy. I even got my wife on it. And she, uh, we oh, could, she watches his drag race, and I, yeah. I, I'll get Hell's Kitchen. She'll watch one episode, and she'll be like, 
Okay, let's watch the next one. I you can watch five in a row and without even yeah. realizing it. Yeah, we we need to pick some shows to watch together and then talk about them. But I I would love to come to come back to this. Um, God, yeah, I I I do like it. I will continue to to watch it. Watch it on Crackle if you're listening. I, I maybe maybe you're not listening to the show. Maybe it's <sighs> playing on your phone in another room. I love. Also, what I love, you know, it's reality TV. But when somebody gets eliminated. Their mm-hmm. pitcher burns up like Dorian Gray. <laughs> it's like yeah. they're gone now. And he and impales it, the, the, their jacket. Yeah, this guy just like bursts into flames outside the studio. Is the one that you're watching is Tennille on that season? Who's that? Is there is there a uh, like a 30 year old black woman named Tennille with long braids? No, maybe. I don't know. I love Tennille. Anyway, Tennille is the only contestant that I've seen on the show where when she was asked to leave, he let her keep her jacket because like, and they even shot this extra scene where she's getting in her shuttle back to the airport. And he came out with her jacket and he said, I want to give this to you. I want you to never give up. You know, he does the British yeah. Gordon thing because there's yeah. an American Gordon Ramsay, Danny, and there's the British Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. American Gordon Ramsay is an asshole, yes. but he's fair, tough, but fair. And then British Gordon Ramsay takes his shirt off a lot, much more of a sex symbol. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, he's also very much on the like. He's more like RuPaul. He's more like, <laughs> "Honey, you can do this. Yeah, get at it." I, I mean, you know, we'll we'll wrap up with this. Uh, but you know, I've always thought of Gordon as that way, be- specifically because I've never watched these shows. Uh-huh. I saw the British Kitchen Nightmares. I've seen his cooking videos where he's like. You know, oh, yeah. he he whisper talks, and I've always thought of him as a good teacher. I I don't, you know, now I read recipes on like serious eats and stuff. And I'm like, no, oh, the science, I understand it now. But like before, I was like, I need somebody to talk to me and to show kindly me. And, help and, you and yeah. to really show somebody what to do. You have to be a good speaker. Jacques uh-huh. Pepin, you know, very similar. Yeah, uh, he he's very uh, gentle, and I think that Gordon Ramsay is also very gentle. So when there are people that say that he's been a largely negative force, uh, sort of enforcing um, uh, abusive kitchen stereotypes. Uh-huh. I understand it, but I, I just, I've never actually seen him this way because you can watch this show and think, <laughs> it's a little outdated. 2010, the episode we're watching now, it's men versus women. And, you oh, know, that, he, yeah, that's he's, how it always is, yeah. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Oh, crazy. And he's screaming yeah. at people. And this is like, we're, trying to get away from this in kitchens and you could make an argument i mean look jay kenji lopez all talked about it you know he had an instagram story that was basically like you know, posting a video from years and years ago of gordon ramsay in a kitchen like really dressing down two employees and telling them to fuck off and like you just yeah. lost your jobs and these people are replacing you and he's like uh you know we shouldn't be supporting him or you know sharing his work or any of those things we should lift up chefs that are uh, uh, actually you know doing good work and and uh nice and uh yeah. i get i get that <clears throat> for sure but there's also a part of me that's like oh isn't aren't we able to separate it's like violence on tv yeah you know to, uh, to a certain extent to me when i'm watching these shows is i'm just like it's a kitchen i don't know if you've yeah. ever like been around <laughs> yeah. cooks and chefs and and like in a kitchen especially in like a high stress one, but it's just, it's just a stressful environment, yeah. especially uh, with uh, a thing where, and also it's, it's, it's a little bit selective editing. If you actually do research on the show 
and you read about how Ramsey is, they cut out a lot of Ramsey helping them. The yeah. show is edited to highlight. This is what he does on MasterChef. He does the same. He helps people. He fucking, and like, yeah. he fucking hosts MasterChef Kids. Yeah. He hosts the kids yeah. shows too. Mm-hmm. He's he's not a monster, I don't think. But uh, the show edits to make Ramsey more terrifying and to make some chefs look more self-sufficient than they are and mm-hmm. to make other chefs look stupider than they are. Mm-hmm. But in reality, if they, that, that's an actual restaurant. They're actually trying to complete that dinner service for actual diners. Mm-hmm. And they fulfill that contract. Like, if something is not coming out, the cameras aren't rolling on this. I mean, the cameras are rolling, but it's not in the final edit of the show. Ramsey goes and cooks things for chefs who are struggling. He takes over their stations, brings people over, and shows them how to do things. It's a real restaurant? I mean that they they aren't just like doing four dishes for no. a shot and then closing up. They, no, I understand. No, no, he, no. People are there. dinner services. This is a bucket list thing for me now. I'm like, I want to fucking go. I want to fucking eat at one of these. It's we got to figure now. out how they to They shoot go. it in Vegas now, and then after coronavirus, they are probably going to resume filming. We got to figure out how to go. We've got to fucking go. As press or something, I could maybe even... We've got to It's go. become a bucket list thing for me now, where I'm like, <sighs> I need to go. Yeah. And uh, just... How is everybody not just... You know, you see these people sit down and order, yeah. and I'm like, how is there not just the biggest shit-eating grin on your face? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, how is there not just, like, this huge, like, oh, I hope he blows up? <laughs> you know, uh, the the guy from, the red-haired guy from Veep, one of the UCB4, Matt uh, Walsh? Yeah. He, oh, yeah. Sat, he sat at the chef's table. Did he? In one episode. Amazing. I can't remember what season it was, but I saw him, and I was like, I want to be at that chef's table in the kitchen. I uh, I adore Gordon Ramsay, even though I know that there's part of it that is like a little bit outdated. Like I know that we're moving away from like these old school masculine French chefs who all, by the way, hurt each other. Yeah. And this is like the cycle of abuse. Yeah. Is that Gordon Ramsay, you know, he was broken by Marco Pierre White. Yeah. That was his teacher. Yeah. There's stories about it. Yeah. I mean, Marco Pierre White rid his ass hard. Yeah. And that's the way that that's why he's the way that he is now. Yeah. And Gordon becomes such a fucking so good at it yeah. that he's now yelling at other people, and it is this weird sort of like yeah cycle yeah. Um, but and I know it's a very nuanced thing. I I just are, are NBA players like when they yell at each other on the court and start fights, are they out oh. as abusers and stuff? Do we do we write up like no. think pieces about James Harden screaming at another guy? It's interesting you say that too because that is on. That's all on camera, and it's like Gordon's doing most of it on camera, and I'm like, you know, and I read the stuff about David Chang, and I'm like, man, that fucking sucks, you know. There's very detailed things, yeah, and that I think he tried to kind of get out in front of a little bit with his book, but that you know, like him completely embarrassing, like you know, it's in front of a housewoman, and she was like, it fucked me up, like my whole career, and yeah, you know, I wasn't able to like, you know, I was made to think I was lesser and stupid, and like really undressing somebody in front of everybody right in the kitchen i mean i think my yeah my, my sports analogy probably doesn't make as much sense in this case because those athletes are on equal footing yeah you know oh I mean? sure They're yeah peers. that's true yeah and when it's a, when it's a boss <clears throat> making an example especially out of a front of house person not even someone who is like the the immediately sue <laughs> the, the person immediately under them yeah where it makes a little bit more sense because you're trying to bring them up to your level but yeah yeah sometimes it's just like I don't know. It's it's a weird thing about uh, humans are in general bad. <laughs> I I I consider at least the stuff that happens on camera. I'm like this is this all files under like sort of um, 
that sort of ball busting that you signed up for. Yeah. You know why you're on the show. Yeah. You you know the potential and 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 what could happen. Yeah. You know. Um, I have a friend that worked with him. Uh, he a guy I met at a casino, uh-huh. and uh, he ended up. I think he still lives in Vegas. Yeah. I got a friend in Vegas. I should go out there again. And uh, he worked at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant. Said he came back one time and worked right next to him. Said he was fucking cool as hell. Yeah. I should also say my friend was one of the most insanely good uh, grill chefs I've ever seen. Like a steak. Like he yeah. could cook 40 steaks and they're all perfect temperature. He's just very mechanical, like very on top of his shit. Yeah. And I'm like, of course Gordon loved you. So uh, it sounds like if you don't want to get yelled at by Gordon Ramsay, you shouldn't <laughs> go pick the triple black diamond. Yeah fucking kitchen to go work in yeah. unless you're looking for that challenge in which case getting your uh asshole ripped open and handed back to you yeah kind of is part of the challenge right right and also you can tell them to fuck off whenever you want i i, I don't yeah i don't think that uh i don't think you need the credit anymore i think that there's it used to be that you would want to work for one of these chefs yeah and you go i worked in his kitchen or for thomas and, keller yeah and i had to take a shit you know you know yeah, a ton of shit to to do it. And you have now so you have this resume of all of the celebrity chefs. Yeah. You just have a lot of choice. Go to Nashville, work for Manit Chowan. She's a she's a wonderful <laughs> woman. You can right. live in Nashville in those like you know prices are rising in Davidson County, but yeah. but you can uh, you can be in a better environment than than being in Manhattan and working directly under Batali or some one of those guys. I never dealt with too much of it. Uh, yeah, no, not really. I had a chef one time tell me I was half of a man, and uh, that was it. And uh, he said, you're like half of a man. I remember I was 19, and uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I know. I, I remember they, they wanted me to be like the, the, the chef at this place, yeah. and I was 19. I was like, too much responsibility. No, I'm like, and uh, I ended up, qu- they, the owner yelled at me once, and I walked out. Wow. And I, I threw my apron down, and he was like, you're not going to quit. You're going you're gonna, to you know, walk, take a walk around the block. And calm down and come back. And I was like, no, I'm leaving. And then I wow. left. Wow. Food then, service and rock bands. The, the only two things that you can really peak at at like 19, at like 23. You can like be at a very <laughs> high level. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, I guess that's true. Why did that rock band break up? I don't know. They were all 22. Yeah. They were 20. Yeah. But but th- but yeah. there's this point where you're at this point where you know just enough and your technical abilities just enough, but you also have that luck instinct weird thing that's going on from from being intuitive without getting in your own way with craft. You know yeah. what I mean? Bob yeah. Dylan looks back at at Masters of War and he's like, I have no clue how that 24 year old wrote that. I couldn't even <laughs> write a song like that now. And now he does a sad mad glad rhyme at 89. He's the greatest poet who's ever lived. Sad mad glad. I think the show is uh, great entertainment, and I think that I also am like very. I don't. Know, I don't want to see abuse happen in kitchens, and I, th- I think those two things can one hundred percent operate separately. I know? don't want to see abuse happen um, in kitchens, Danny. I do want to see it happen in Fox reality shows. Yeah, give it to me. Give it to me. Uh, we need to go. We're gonna figure out how to make that happen. Um, I'll jump on it. Yeah, I'm sure I could send some emails and be Let's like, "How do out. I get?" I'll write about it. I don't know. If I got sent to Portugal and I wrote like one article for $200, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I could get us to go. <laughs> I'm sure we could. Um, all right, cool. That was uh, Man- uh, Macaroni Zone episode five. Is this our fifth episode? I think it is, James. Uh, you can find me online at Palumbros, P-A-L-U-M-B-R-O-S. I'm also selling pastas on Sundays out of my apartment in Thai Town, East Hollywood, Los Feliz, wherever the fuck. 
Um, follow, me on, follow me on Instagram, and uh, you get updates on all that pasta goodness. And I'm James Austin Johnson. You can follow me at Shrimp Jadge. Uh, don't overcook my Instagram or Twitter name. It's very easy to. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, and goodbye. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone.